May the words of my mouth and meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. All the diamonds in this world that mean anything to me are conjured up by wind and sunlight sparkling on the sea. These words by a Canadian songwriter, Bruce Coburn, give us a beautiful image pointing us to a wealth that is not to be found in many possessions, but in the appreciation of things created. And one wonders, is it necessary to live close to the sea or a lake to appreciate this image of how water can glisten like diamonds sparkling on the sea? Close to where Lucille grew up, the indigenous people of Nova Scotia, the Mi'kmaq named a bay Waspagik, meaning shining place, because of the way the water glistens like a mirror. Waspagik actually means shining place where the seals gather. This introduction to today's gospel can serve to point us to where true wealth is to be found, as Jesus teaches. And it's interesting in this gospel to see how quickly a question about eternal life becomes a question about wealth and many possessions. And how Jesus' answer not only disappoints the young man, but also worries the disciples rather more than it ought. And this gospel nicely sums up some of the themes that we find in Mark's gospel, that of Jesus being a teacher and Jesus' call to his disciples, to all who will follow, that they should become his followers. His followers as a person and the message that he preaches, which he says is good news. It's very interesting to see how this gospel begins because the young man comes to Jesus, kneels down before him, and says to him, good teacher, how, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him, why do you call me good? There is only one who is good, and that is God alone. And if we look at Mark's gospel and we understand what's going on in Mark's gospel, we always understand that it's about making it clear to people who Jesus is. And it's something that has to be done in congregations and churches and in the world as much then as it is today. It's a Christological statement. Who is Jesus? And Jesus is pointing out that if you call me good, then you are actually equating me in some way with God. And that picture of the man kneeling down before Jesus, a picture of obeisance followed by these words good, means that he does in some way perceive that Jesus has something to do with the divine, with the eternal. And thus he can come to Jesus with a question about eternal life. What must I do is his question. And Jesus gives him the answer of what he must do to inherit eternal life. 
And it's interesting that the young man in this story is young, assuming that he inherited his wealth. He didn't have to do anything. It was his by right. But here he wants to do something to inherit eternal life. Jesus begins by telling him about the Ten Commandments. I have done all these. We all can boast before the Lord. And yet Jesus has a further question for him. And I wonder what the further question might be for you. In his case, it was about the many possessions that he had. And he was being called to sell them, give them to the poor, and to follow Jesus. He was given an answer, and it shocked him, and made him sorrowful, and he left. We don't know what happened to this rich young man. He may have become a follower later on, but in that moment when Jesus gives him a truth, he's not able to receive it and to follow up on it. And I sense that often in our congregations, in our church, that there is a truth that people do not want to receive, do not want to follow, and they turn away disappointed with Jesus, disappointed with the message of the good news. And what happens next? Well, the disciples are brought back into the scene. The conversation continues. They too are perplexed. They too are shocked. They are dumbfounded. How can this be? And they get worried. And that's Peter. And he sums it up quite nicely. We've given everything and we've followed you. What about us? What are we going to inherit? And why does it shock them? Why are they dumbfounded by this teaching? Because there is a way of reading scripture that if you follow Christ, if you do the commandments, then you will be blessed. And you will be blessed with wealth, with many possessions. And I'm not saying that's not what happens It may well be that you are blessed in some way, and you may be blessed with wealth, but it's what you do with that wealth and how it comes to define you. If it's something that you can put in the service of God's people, if you can put it in the service of the church, if it does not define you, then that is something else. But that is not where our wealth is is to be found. Our wealth is to be found, as Jesus says, in following him and in believing the good news. And thus, you will gain for yourselves eternal life. And Jesus does say to them that they will be blessed a hundredfold. They will be given more brothers and sisters than they can cope with. Think of any congregation. Think of how many congregations there are in the world and how many of them will be gathering together today where brothers and sisters will come together. Yes, we are being given a hundredfold. And we will even be given 
the image here of fields. So there is something about being blessed. And it doesn't shun the material, but it's again how we use that in that old word, commonwealth. It is a common wealth that is held. I was interested between the similarity between wealth and health. There's a way of holding wealth that makes us healthy. And so many people we see that hold wealth don't seem very healthy in the end. See the blessing that there will be. And it becomes a question about eternal life that Jesus then addresses at the end with this middle section about wealth. But he also says, and this is the hard part, this is why people go away disappointed or disillusioned. There is also tucked away, if you looked at it very closely, you will also inherit a hundredfold persecutions in this world. Who wants to be persecuted? Strong word here for the sake of the gospel. Who wants to stand up and give account of their Christian faith in the public domain today, or even at a dinner table with friends? Who wants to do that? Even this week, I was told by a man, a young man, the age of 16, he commits himself to Jesus Christ and is ostracized by those in his class. Even today, even more so perhaps today, you will be ostracized for your Christian faith if you are willing publicly to commend it to others. And yet, this is the way that we are being called into as followers of Christ who accept that this is good news, not only for us, that would be far too little, but it's good news for the world and it's good news for the world at this very moment. I end by giving you the whole lyrics of the song I quoted at the beginning. All the diamonds in this world that mean anything to me are conjured up by wind and sunlight sparkling on the sea. I ran aground in a harbor town, lost the taste for being free. Thank God he sent some gull-chased ship to carry me to sea. 2,000 years and half a world away, dying trees still grow greener when you pray. Silver scales flash bright and fade and reeds along the shore like a pearl and seed of liquid jade. His ship comes shining like a crystal swan in a sky of suns. His ship comes shining. This is our hope. 